What's up, 1015? How are you guys doing this morning? You guys doing all right? Listen, we are pumped that you're with us today. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. This is Kyle, and Kyle is a... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Kyle, I just want to do that to you. In fact, I, I'm going to invite my wife up here real quick because I think it's, it's important. Um, this is my wife, Shayla, and um, she, she is actually the superstar of our family. You know, we say all the time she's the brains behind the operation here, and I'm the beauty. And so it's, it's worked out well for us. <laughs> Maybe that's back. Actually, I think she's just both. Uh, but we're, we, we, we love being your pastors. We love to see what God has done here. And, and we just want to say, man, congratulations on 10 years. The best is still yet to come. It's going to be incredible seeing what God has in the future. And, and the best thing about this is, is y'all need to come back next weekend because Shayla's speaking. So uh, you get ready, get ready. As T.D. Jakes would say, get ready, get ready, get ready. It's going to be incredible. I promise you that. Uh, we're going to have some fun here today. In fact, we're going we're gonna to celebrate some. We're going to go out and we're going to cut services short today. And we're going to go out and we have balance houses, hamburgers, hot dogs. We got Kona Ice out there. We got free T-shirts for everybody here today. And so we love to celebrate. In fact, on our birthday, we give you gifts. And so it's a great, it's a great, great thing. But I also think it's important for us as we're celebrating 10 years that we also get on the same page because here's what I know is there are a lot of differences in this room. We, we are all different. We grew up uh, from death, different, we come from different ethnicities. We come from different family backgrounds. We have different favorite sports teams. I know that there's some Georgia fans in here. I'm sorry uh, that you're a Georgia fan and that you beat me last night, Notre Dame fan. Uh, you know, we all have differences in here. And, and a lot of times, Differences draw us apart. In fact, I, I, I'll just show you uh, by, by fast food, French fries. I, I need you all to cheer for your favorite fast food French fry when I bring it up. How many of you all are McDonald's fry people right here? McDonald's fry people. Parents, parents, I know you don't eat these. You get these for your kids and you do the parent tax, right, where you, you take some. Does anybody want to know why the McDonald's French fries taste so good? Anybody want to know? No. Okay. We won't, we won't tell you that. Uh, how many of y'all are like Wendy's French fry people? Like literally two, a person over here clapped and a guy over here screamed. Sir, maybe afterwards you can have these. I don't know. Uh, so apparently Wendy's is not that popular. How many, how many are, are like Chick-fil-A waffle fries? Like that's your jam. Christian chicken takes it every time. Even when they go to potatoes. And so what, what's interesting is, is that everybody in here is a little bit different. We all have some differences. And we, all, we all have different tastes and likes and, and all of those things. But what is amazing about the church is when we come together, no matter how different we are, Jesus calls us to be one. And so we can come from different backgrounds, different upbringings, all these differences, and we can come together at the table of Jesus, and we can come together, and we can all sit at the same table no matter what set of fries you like to eat. Because we say here at Coastal, everyone's welcome, even the guy that likes Wendy's fries. Sir, you are welcome here. Because nobody's perfect, even the people that like McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, you ain't perfect. Just letting you know that. I know you think you are. It's Christian, though. That doesn't mean perfection, okay? 
And anything's possible. And we believe that with God and with Jesus in our life, that God can do the impossible inside of each and every one of us. And as a church, we, we have been on one mission for 10 years. It's been the mantra of our church that we say over and over and over again. And if you're a guest, this is kind of a little bit different service this week. Please come back next week. You'll hear a great message. This week you're going to hear an average message but an awesome party. And so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and this is what we said. We said we want to make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church so they can experience, so they can know, and so they can follow Jesus. That's who we are. That's what we're about. That's, 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 that's everything we do is based around we want to make it easy for people to experience, know, and follow Jesus with all their heart, soul, mind, strength. And so, so we're coming up on, this, actually last Friday was 10 years for us as a church. My wife and I, we moved here and knew nobody and planted a church here believing that God would use us to make a big difference in our communities. And, and there was a moment as I was looking at people's pictures this week, a lot, of, a lot of people on our staff and a lot of people that have been around for a long time were posting like pictures on Instagram of their favorite coastal moments, the earliest coastal moments that they can remember in their life. And I was just reminiscing and God brought to my remembrance this moment in Jan January of 2015. And every January as a church, we spend 21 days of prayer and fasting. We believe it's important to seek God first. That's not just uh, a principle that, that he says in Matthew 6.33. It's a principle that we should apply to our lives. And so every January we do that. We said, hey, the beginning of the year, we're going to give God our first. And so we took some time. In January 2015, God spoke uh, a scripture, not just for our life, but I believe for the life of our church. And so today, I, I just want to reflect on that because God actually spoke something new in it as, this week as I was looking at it. I think is apropos for what is going on today. And so if you want to turn to your Bible to Joshua chapter 1, if you want to look at the notes there that are on your seats, you can follow along. You can fill in the blanks. Fill in the blanks is good for your soul. Won't get you to heaven, but it's good. And, uh, and so here, here's what it says, Joshua chapter 1, verse 2, it, it begins out, it's very, very, excuse me, life-giving, it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. It's a great way to start a message, isn't it? Like God is speaking, he goes, Joshua is getting ready to lead the children of Israel, and this is what he says to him. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. And you look at that and you go, How, what does that have to do with anything we're talking about here today? It has everything to do with what we're talking about here today. Because what he's saying there, right there, if you want to take notes here today, is number one, you got to celebrate the past. See, see, when Moses died, there, there, was, a, there was an ending to something. There, there had now it, something that had happened had become the past. And so many times when we think of death, we think of a terrible thing. But when you have life in Christ, when you die, it's not a terrible thing, it's actually a positive thing. When people experience, know, and follow Jesus, death isn't a letdown, it's an upgrade. And so what's happening here is he's going, hey, listen, listen, listen. This is not a funeral. This is a celebration of life. And I think that there are moments in time where we've got to take a step back and we've got to celebrate what God has done in the past. We've got to look back and go, God, you have been so good. You've healed my marriage. You've set me free. You've broken me free from addictions. God, you've, you've given me freedom in my finances. And you start to look at what God has done in your past and you celebrate those moments. So many times we're so busy moving forward that we don't ever take time to thank God for what he's done. And there are moments in time that we've just got to stop and go, God, you are awesome. You are amazing. God, I celebrate you. And that's what today is all about. 
Today is all about celebrating the goodness and the faithfulness of God because God is faithful to us no matter where we are. And I promise you, he's about to do something in your life that you've never seen or experienced before. And if you start celebrating, you'll start to see that breakthrough even sooner than you ever thought. And there's opportunities right now and here in our lives to celebrate that past. Because we've said over the last couple weeks in the series we're in, if you can't remember God's past faithfulness, you'll struggle in your present with future faithfulness. So we've got to take moments to celebrate all that God has done. And so he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. But then he says, therefore, in verse 2, the time has come for you. To lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I'm giving him. He's saying, listen, number one, you got to celebrate the past. But number two, got to take action today. You've got to take some action today. Listen, the, the, the past is great. We celebrate it. We're thankful for it. But we are not to live in the past. And so many of us, instead of moving forward in life, we're trying to recreate our past. We have this amazing moment, and all we're doing in life is we're trying to get back to that moment. You remember that love in high school, and now you're married, and you're like, if I just had love like I was in high school. Yeah. Except you remember how big of an idiot you were in high school. <laughs> and how immature you were in high school. And how fickle you were in high school. We're always trying to recreate those moments, and, and we get to celebrate the past, but we're not to live in it. The best is not behind you. Actually, the best is still ahead of you. When you have God in your life, you've got the best ahead of you. And what does that mean? You have to take action today. You have to realize that, that God is not, hasn't stopped with that really good thing that happened yesterday, but he's got something new for you today. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19, he says, for I'm about to do something new. And I believe that that's a word for every single one of us here today. God is about to do something new in your life, fresh, here today. In fact, he says, I've already begun it. He goes, do you not see it? And the only reason we don't see what God is doing is because we're looking in the rearview mirror instead of the windshield. Yeah. We're so busy looking in the small window of our past that we forget to look forward and see the new thing that God is trying to do in our life, that God is trying to get us to take action with, because what he says is I'm making a pathway right now for you to walk. Listen, I'm creating some rivers in some dry places. I know you're dry. I know you're tired. I know you're thinking, listen, I'm about to refresh you if you'll start to point yourself forward. You'll start to take some action right here, right now, in this season, in this moment, today. In fact, the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, he says this, I focus on one thing. Why is he focusing on one thing? Because he's looking straight ahead. He's no longer looking at his past. In fact, he says, forget the past. Celebrate it, but then you've got to move on from it. He says, looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Listen here today. God is calling you. You need to hear that. In fact, in fact, this is God's voice is going to speak. He's calling you right now. He's calling you and he's saying, hey, listen, I've got something more for you in life. That word heavenly prize is the Greek word classis. And it literally means a divine invitation into your future. 
God is calling you with a divine invitation into your future, but he says you need to press on. If you were to, to study that word in the Greek, it literally means you've got to stretch yourself and get into seasons and places that you've never been before. You've got to start to step into places that you've never gone before. In other words, you've got to take some action today. See, so many people think that there is a doorway to success that I'm going to walk through and all of a sudden I've achieved success. I've made it. I'm the man. I'm the woman. I've got everything I want. What so many people fail to realize is that success is achieved by taking a step today through the door that's open. Then tomorrow another door opens. You know what you do? You step through that door. Then the next day you step through the next door. And little by little, as you take action, all of a sudden you're preparing yourself for the big success that you're looking for in life. The key to success, the key to you experiencing that divine invitation into your destiny is by taking steps daily. Why? Because big moves of God are always preceded by obedience to him in small things. And here's what I know is everybody wants a big move of God. God, I need you to move big in my marriage. And God's like, I want to move big in your marriage, but here's what I need you to do. I need you to start going to counseling. No, 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 I need you to fix my spouse. Now, I am going to fix your spouse, but I need you to fix you first. See, because if I fix your spouse and you're not fixed, when they're fixed and they come to you, it's going to still be broken. So what's the small step you need to take today? What's the daily action? God, I, I need you to move in a big way in my finances. Okay, stop going to five bucks every day, also known as Starbucks. And make a pot of coffee at home that will cost you 39 cents. And watch me break through in your finances. Oh, I'm speaking your love language right now. Some of you are like, I don't like church anymore. <laughs> God, I need, you, I need you to do something about my kids. And God's like, I'm working on your kids. What I need you to work on is your anger problem. But God, I need you to fix them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the problem is, is because you blurt out in anger. The Bible actually says, do not exasperate your children. Or do not provoke them. And your anger is provoking them, which is causing all of that. So the problem isn't really your child. The problem is you. You just want to blame your child. Oh, we're getting in your business today. <laughs> he was saying, is he's saying, man, if you'll start doing the small things... Watch the big, incredible move and work that I'll begin to do in your life. See, the moment we stop pursuing the open door, the small step that he's calling us to, have you ever noticed that all of a sudden you don't really see a lot of open doors? Why? Because you went straight when God was calling you to go left. You're like, Where, where's the next open door? He's saying, why don't you turn around and go back through the door that I did open? Why don't you go back and take that small step that I am calling you to. And so many of us, we, we, don't, we don't like the small steps because we, 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 we want the big things. We want the massive things. But success is found in the small things. The Bible actually says this is the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little things in life that we take for granted. And the reason we take them for granted is because we want comfortable in life. 
We want easy in life. We want God just to snap his fingers and everything's done and God's, no, no, no. It's the daily action that you take that prepares you for the big things in life. And what you got to understand is that Joshua right here, they've been wandering in a desert for 40 years where God has provided manna from heaven. He's brought water out of rocks. He's, he's given them shelter. He's given them everything they need. It's a very, very comfortable place. And for a lot of us, what's happened is we've got comfortable just sitting back, relaxing. And God, the greatest hindrance to your calling in life, to your future, to the divine invitation is your comfort. And God's saying, listen, it's time for you to get comfortable being uncomfortable. It's time for you to start to realize that if you want something different in life, you're going to have to do something different every single day to see that difference in your life. It's time for you to start taking some small steps daily to do whatever it takes to see the move of God happen in your life that's going to happen by increment by increment to the big thing. And as a church, man, we're passionate about taking small steps every day. We're not going to settle for anything unless, in fact, if you're here and you're a guest or you've been coming for a little while and you're like, man, I just want a church where I can chill and relax and do nothing, this is probably not the church for you. We will challenge you every single week to do something. Like that is my commitment to you as your pastor that I will not let you stay in a comfortable place because when you get comfortable, you're not moving forward. Growth does not happen without some tension, and I'm good at creating tension. And you know what you're good at? You're good at inviting your friends. You're good at inviting your family. You're good at inviting your coworker to church. You're good at inviting the person you don't like to church that hopefully they'll get saved, so maybe you'll like them at some point. And because you're so good at that and what God has been doing here, we're, we're willing to take whatever step that God is calling us to in life. And because you've been so faithful at that and all those things, uh, I, I'm happy to announce that uh, October 19th and 20th, we had our sixth service here at Coastal at Sunday at 1245. Um, why? Because we're taking small steps daily. Every single day we're taking an action to make it hard for people to go to hell. By making it easy for them to go to church so they can experience, so they can know, and so they can follow Jesus. But what that means for you is that there is action for you to take. Because here's what I know. You love coming to church because there's a great environment for your kids to go back and learn the things of God. Where it's safe and, and people love them better than maybe even some of your family loves your kids. Let's just be honest. They do. They love them. They love them well. There's a place where you can come and you know that your friends are going to feel welcomed and invited and they're not going to be shamed and they're not going to be hated on no matter where they're at in life. And that takes people doing that. It takes a group of people called the Dream Team that make church happen. It takes about 100 to 110 people every single service to make church happen. Whether you realize it or not, some of you all just roll in and roll out. That's called consuming. And here's what happens after a while. If we consume enough, you know what we become? We become obese. We're obese with information, but God has not called us to be full of information. He's actually called us to put application to the information, which will equal transformation to our life. Listen, if you don't start taking the information that you're learning here and applying it to your life, it's never going to see the transformation that you want to see in your life. It's time for some of us that start taking this information because you weren't called just to consume information for Christ. You were actually called to serve others through Christ. 
to make a difference in other people's life. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 20, 28, he said, I have come not, not to be served, but to serve others by giving my life as a ransom for many. And one of the greatest actions many of you could take is to begin to start to serve other people because the greatest life change you're ever going to experience is when you begin to realize life is not about you. Because for so many of us, we think life is about us, the world revolves around us, and the reason we're not seeing the growth is because we're not giving out what God has put in. When you start to give out what God has put in, it changes your perspective on everything. When your perspective changes, your world changes. And God is wanting to change some of your world. So the greatest action that you could take today is in the seat back pocket in front of you is a little card that says get connected. You could pull that out, fill it out, and mark out an area. In fact, I see nobody moving right now, so I'm going to give you some action. There's a card in the seat back pocket in front of you. Pull it out. There you go. See, it's not real hard. I still don't, I, I'm looking. I can see y'all. The lights aren't that blinding. Pull it out, fill it out, drop it in an offering basket and see what, or in the kiosk thing, and see what God begins to do in your life. Maybe for others of you, your actionable item is, is we're doing spontaneous water baptism today. Maybe you've made a profession of faith, and you need to take some action and go out and say, hey, I want everybody to know what Jesus has done in my life. It's not going to be personal anymore. It's going to be public. It's a big change. It's going, hey, in fact, God didn't just call your relationship with him to be personal. He called it to be public. First thing Jesus did was get baptized. If it was good enough for Jesus, it's probably good enough for us. Listen, I know some of y'all look pretty and in dresses. We got shorts and t-shirt. Go change. Don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today, right? Number three, you got to trust God for the future. And here's where the promise came in for me. In verse three, it says, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on the land that I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north. From the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. Including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. Which is an incredible promise right there. In fact, it's the greatest promise that God gives to each and every one of us. He says, no matter what you do, I will be with you. He's got you. What he's saying is, is I've got you. Then he says, man, I, 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 I will not fail you, and I will not abandon you. But here's the action you need to take today. He says you need to be strong, and you need to be courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors. I would give them. And I remember when God spoke this to me, he said, TJ, I'm a promise maker, and I'm a promise keeper. And he said, I promise you, wherever you put your foot, I'm giving you that. It's in January of 2015. And so that year, man, everywhere I step, I remember walking into Walmart. I'm like, yes, Jesus, give me a Walmart. <laughs> Jesus' name, Coastal Community Church, right here, Walmart. Then I went to Target and I was like, upgrade. <laughs> it's French, right? Target. It's classier. And over that year, man, I, I, I held on to this promise. God said, wherever I put my foot, it's going to be mine. We'll possess it. How many of y'all know I went through that entire year and I did not possess a single thing? Some of you can relate because you've been holding on to a promise that has not come to fruition yet in your life. 
And it's really, really easy to get frustrated in those moments. I know for me, I got frustrated. I went through that entire year, and I'm like, God, I'm, I'm believing this. I heard you. I'm trusting you. You said you won't fail me or abandon me. So what you said. I didn't say that you said that. I do use God's words against him. Remind him of what he's promised. When we get back to January of 2016, about day 15 of our fast, I'm actually complaining to Shayla. I'm like, man, I've been standing on this. I've been trusting in this. And like, man, it's, I haven't seen it yet. And I'm frustrated. I'm just ready to quit. And Shayla's like, just, she's like, yeah, I feel safe. You know, like it was not, it's not an encouraging life-giving conversation. Like we were bringing each other down. <laughs> Aren't you glad you can be a part of a church where they can be real? Like my faith was struggling in that moment. We get to like day 17 and uh, a realtor that one of our trustees had asked to go send properties to us, send like all these properties and I looked through the first list, and it was like 60 properties. And over that year, I literally stepped foot in every single one of these properties. We had, we, had, we had seen if they were right for us, if they would work for us, if, if they'd be a viable option for our church. And I already knew the answer. Every single one was no, 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 no. But there was a second page, and as I started looking through those, I'd seen all those until I got to like number 17 or 18. And it was this property right here, 7.29 acres in Parkland, Florida, asking $3.6 million for it. And I heard God speak to me and say, you're going to pay $1.2 million for that. And I was like, yes, God. <laughs> so you know what I did? I called up the realtor and I said, hey. Can you call them up and ask them if they can split that property in half? Because that's the only way I saw possible that we would ever be able to buy that for $1.2 million. Man of great faith standing here. Realtor called me back a couple hours later and he said, listen, uh, they won't split the property, but here's what they'll do. They'll cut you a deal at $2.6 million. I was like, that's awesome. Only problem is, is I don't have $2.6 million. <laughs> How many of y'all know that's a, like a lot of money? I mean, that's not like, that isn't like, I, oh, let me just pull that out of my front pocket. You know, it's like. And remember, God said, I'm a promise maker and I'm a promise keeper. We came out here and we walked on this property as, as a group. And remember, I got on a phone call with the trustees of our church, and I said, "Man, I, I believe." And I, I was telling people, I was told my wife this. I, I, I told these guys, I said, "I believe that God is telling me we're going to buy this for 1.2 million." And they're like, "TJ, you're on drugs." <laughs> In the sweetest way, we need to get you some help because, or you need to start eating something like that. Fast is messing with you. And I said, "Will you guys just?" Will you guys just trust me? Trust you with what? And they're like, I want to put in an offer for a million dollars. They're like, you're going to insult people. I'm like, 
It's what I'm good at. <laughs> Spiritual gift of insulting people. And they're like, all right. We put in this offer and the realtor told me, hey, listen, if you hear back from me really quick, that's really bad for you. He calls me the next day. He said, TJ, I've got some bad news and I've got some good news. And I was like, all right, give me the bad news. He goes, there's multiple offers and every other offer is higher than yours. I said, but here's the good news. They heard you were a church. And they said, if you'll come to 1.25 million, it's yours. And I said, sold. And God did a miracle right there. And I learned something really, really important about God in that moment. It's this, and you need to learn it here today. What seems impossible to me isn't remotely difficult for our God. What seems impossible right now in your life is, isn't remotely difficult. I know your marriage seems impossible. I know that addiction seems like it's impossible to break. I know your finances seem like they're more, there's way more month than there is money. It's an impossible situation. There's so many impossibilities based on your ability. But what you see as impossible isn't even difficult for God. It's one of the reasons why we, we grab hold of scriptures like Ephesians chapter 3, which is the scripture we actually stood on for this building, that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to whose power? His power. Not your power. Not your strength, not your checkbook, not your skill, not your ability, not your intelligence, not your work ethic. It's not based on anything you can do. It's based on everything that he can do. And what is impossible to me isn't even remotely difficult for him. It says to him be the glory. See, he wants it to be impossible for you so that when it happens, you can look at it and go, man, this is only God. He wants to get all the glory. And so many times we're glory hogs. <laughs> Come on. Like, I did that. No, you didn't. God did. He's going, man, I want, I want to get into this impossible situation so you know what's up. You know who your God is and who took care of you and who provided for you and who's going to do immeasurably more than you can think or imagine. And I'm here to tell you, Coastal, that, man, we're going to celebrate our past, but our future is way brighter because we serve a God who is not yet even close to being finished yet. He's just on the beginning of what he wants to do in our church. And if you think you've seen a lot so far, you ain't seen nothing yet because the best is yet to come and the best is yet to come in your life too would you guys bow your heads and pray with me God we love you we thank you that you are a promise keeper and you are a promise maker God, that no matter what we're going through in life and what's happening that you've got a promise for every single one of us and it is yes and amen and God, we need to find those promises and we need to grab hold of those promises and we need to trust those promises. But here's what I know. Some people in here today, they've been looking at their past for so long that they've never looked forward to see what you're trying to do today. God, my, my prayer is, is that you would awaken their spirit, that you would awaken their eyes, their ears, their heart to see and know what you're trying to do in their life today. God, I pray that they, that they would begin to take steps daily today into the future that you've called them to because you have a divine invitation for every man, woman, and child in here. And God, I pray that they would be stretched, that they would be, they would be pushed into that thing, that they would not give up hope in the middle of difficult circumstances because Joshua, while the land was promised to him, there were still battles to take forth. 
But here's the thing that Joshua knew, is that God had already fixed his fight. And here's what you need to know here today, church. God has already fixed your fight. God, we trust you. We worship you. We praise you in advance for the promises that are to come in every single one of our lives. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.